Hello, and welcome to Riding in Cars with Cats. I'm your host, Mike Tanner, and I'm coming to you today from the 103 Highway in Nova Scotia. I'm currently driving back from dropping my son off at camp and heading into the city for a meeting uh, before I go grab my daughter from my lovely in-laws who are taking care of her for the morning. And I wanted to take a little bit of time to tell you about something super exciting that happened yesterday. So my son is six years old. He will be seven uh, the end of November. And this year we decided not to put him in swimming lessons anymore because they had, as my wife described, not been fun for anyone. My son's always been a little bit afraid of a little bit afraid of things in general. He's hesitant in a lot of ways uh, when it comes to um, things like the water. And he can be a little bit, um, he can be very cautious about whether or not he's going to do certain things. And so swimming lessons sort of started out okay. And we sort of hit this plateau where it, it wasn't really getting any better. We didn't really feel like he was learning uh, to swim. He was really just continuing with exactly what he already knew how to do. And so we took him out of swimming lessons because um, it, it was frustrating for him. It was frustrating for us. It was frustrating for the instructors. He just wasn't really progressing. So one of the things we decided is that a lot of times we force things to happen. We sort of say, well, this has to happen, and so we're going to make it happen. And whether it's kids or clients, forcing things doesn't always work. You can lay down an ultimatum and you can count to three and you can send a proposal and you can send a notice for payment. Um, but in most cases, people are going to do what they want to do when they want to do it. And so what we basically decided was, what if we just back off a little bit? What if we maybe take a year off swimming lessons and we focus, uh, you know, more on him just sort of being himself. And so this weekend we went to Magic Mountain in Moncton, New Brunswick. Magic Mountain is a, an amusement park which has a number of different sections. Tech Zone, where I guess is sort of your traditional games, I think maybe laser tag. A lot of games. They have Golf Zone. Unsurprisingly, this is mini golf. They have Fun Zone, uh, which is uh, basically all of the um, amusement park rides, uh, the Scrambler, the Tilt-A-Whirl, all that kind of stuff. And they have Splash Zone. Splash Zone is where most people spend the majority of their day. It is uh, a rather large water park, a number of water slides, some pools, a big wave pool. My personal favorite is the Lazy River, where you lay on a tube and are just floated around in a circle. That's my idea of an amusement park ride. Uh, but my son wanted to try out some different, um, some different water slides. The first one he chose seems terrifying. I mean, there were kids getting off this every time, just like, oh, God. I can't believe I just did that. And so what it is, is you're at the top. It's a dark tunnel that spirals several times very quickly. There's a lot of water in it. And then you come out and you're 
you're basically in a little bit of water, just a, a long sort of tunnel of water. It's it's in the dark. Your your head is a little bit underwater off and on, and it's pretty fast. And that was the first one that my son chose. And we had a life jacket on. I brought some life jackets with us. Um, and we, so he, he went on this first one and he went up all by himself because he's tall enough now to do all the rides by himself. And that's what he likes to do. So he went up and as he's got in line, my wife and I kind of thought, is this the right thing to start out with? Like, is it, is it good to start him on probably the third scariest water slide that they have at this park? Um, the first scariest I find is the kamikaze. Uh, which is a straight drop down. I've done it once before. It was terrifying. Um, it, it's, yeah, it's uncomfortable. And the other one that they now have is called the drop off where you get in this tube and they hit a bit button and the bottom of the tube just lets go and you're now going down a water slide. And so this is sort of the third scariest of all of them. So I kind of thought, we kind of thought maybe this isn't the best idea. Anyways, he came out blustery and spitting water and telling us how water went up his nose and in all kinds of crevices. And then he said, okay, what's next? And he went on the next water slide and he, and he went on, he didn't go on those two super scary ones, uh, mostly because with, with the large straight drop, I, I didn't really feel it was a good idea for him. I, I actually, it's, it's very high. And so it, it seemed a little like a bad idea. But the other one, uh, he just didn't really show some interest. So he went on all kinds of different water slides, ones where he ended up in pools and he kind of went underwater a little bit. And he, he did this quite a bit. Fast forward to Sunday and we were in Truro, Nova Scotia at Victoria Park. Beautiful little water facility they have there. Toddler pools, kids pools, adult pools, water slide, all kinds of different stuff. And he decided to go down the water slide. Went underwater a little bit, uh, popped out, was pretty excited about it, was pretty proud of himself, all these different things. So it was kind of encouraging. Yes, he had a, he had a life jacket on the whole time, but it was encouraging to think that, okay, maybe he's getting to a point where um, he'll start to be more comfortable. And, and my wife and I thought, maybe we should put him back in swimming lessons. So yesterday at the beach, I was there with my son and my daughter. My daughter and I were digging a hole so I could bury her and give her mermaid legs. Um, and my son said, I want to go play in the water a little bit. And so we can see him. It's pretty close. He didn't have a life jacket on, but he wasn't, he wasn't very deep out. So I, I felt okay with that. And, uh, and then I watched him and he walked out to about waist to armpit depth and he just started swimming. He just started doing the dog paddle and started swimming back to shore. And he would sort of ride these waves in a little bit and he would swim a little bit. And then he popped up and said, Daddy, I'm swimming. And it was a, it was a pretty proud moment. And I think one of the important things for me was that I wasn't proud that I had taught him something or I wasn't proud that he had you know, done the same thing. I was proud that my son basically taught himself to swim. Now, going back to me, I didn't learn to swim till I was about 
30 years old. I was terrified of the water. And to be honest, I still am. I won't go down a water slide that goes into a pool. I won't go down most water slides because I'm, I'm scared of heights. I'm scared of the water. And I'm scared of the dark. Not a whole bunch of great combinations when it comes to water parks. But I was so impressed to see that my son had taught himself to swim. What does this have to do with anything that might relate to a business and productivity podcast? Well, first things first, some of it doesn't. Some of it is just that I was really excited to tell you this great story about how my son taught himself to swim. But the other thing is that I talk to a lot of people day after day who are looking for people to teach them things. They're looking for people to help them find out how to do things. So they want someone who can um, teach them SEO or teach them Google Analytics or teach them whatever the case may be. They want someone to show them, to instruct them, and to be their their sort of guide through these things. And I'm not going to fully criticize those things because I make a good portion of my income through consulting services where I do walk people through how to do all these different things. And I think there's a lot to be said for having some supports in place that help you to be successful. But at the core, you either want to know something and will know it, or you don't want to know it and you won't. I think in this respect of online courses. So online courses that are free, which is a a large, large number of online courses are free. You look at companies like uh, Coursera, Udemy, and Khan Academy, Code Academy, all these different things. A lot of them offer free courses. And the percentage of people who don't complete those courses is about 93%. When you eventually complete a course, it's because you just really, really wanted to. And when I think of my son in this respect, you know, we paid for swimming classes, but he didn't pay for swimming classes. He wasn't financially invested in his swimming classes. We were. And so for him, there was no buy-in on his behalf. He didn't really, really want to learn how to swim because honestly, if he did, he would have. What happened instead was when he decided that he wanted it, he went ahead and did it. And I really encourage people that if there is a skill set that you are missing, go out and get it. You know, there are lots of things I don't know. Honestly, most of the things I don't know that I'd like to know, it's entirely my fault that I don't know them. The reason I'm not super strong on CSS is because I've decided not to make that a priority. It obviously isn't something that I've been committed to, and so I haven't done it. The reason I'm not super strong on or really have any experience with JavaScript is that I've decided not to make that a priority. Are there a million courses I could take for free where I could learn to do each of those things? Absolutely. But it's when we decide that we are going to go do something, that's when things get done. You know, I talked forever about taking adult swim lessons because I thought it was important for me to learn it. But we hummed and hawed and I didn't really do it. 
And then one day I got out in the ocean and I just started swimming. Now, I did it about 25 to 26 years behind my son's schedule for doing it. But I did the same thing. I got to a point where I decided I wanted to do something and I did it. And that really is is where you're going to be on most things. You're either going to decide that you're doing it or you're going to decide that you're not. I was watching an episode of uh, Queer Eye last night and it was um, a young man who had graduated uh, university, but then had been told after he went through the whole grad ceremony, hey, you, you didn't finish one of those courses. So you're actually not a graduate. And he explained all these different reasons why it had happened. And he gave excuses in terms of it was the teacher's fault and yada, yada, yada. And through the course of this show, they they got him to admit that he hadn't gone to class. He hadn't done what he needed to do. And so that's why he didn't graduate. We have a tendency to blame things on other people. And don't get me wrong. There's lots of times where there are real legitimate reasons why you're not getting things done. You know, there are lots of things I haven't done this summer because on some of those days I've been just too exhausted to even think because of my, you know, because of caring for my kids. But I can use that excuse some days, but some days I can't. Some days I decided that I didn't really want to do that and it wasn't a priority for me. And so that's where it all comes down to. You're either going to make things a priority for yourself or you're not. And this isn't me telling you that you have to make these things a priority. This is me telling you quite the opposite. You absolutely don't have to make anything a priority. But anything that you don't make a priority is not going to happen. You know, I looked at and talked about writing my first piece of nonfiction, this productivity book that I wrote last year. I talked about doing that forever. I outlined it. I had the outline of that book written for a year and a half, almost two years. And I told myself I didn't have time. It was going to take so long to do it. It was going to take so long to do it. I wrote that book in about two and a half weeks. Because when I decided that it was a priority for me to write that book, I I did it. That's all there is to it. It's when we make something a priority that we're able to achieve real greatness. I mean, my son now knows how to swim. We went out in the water afterwards and practiced. He could swim probably about 20 feet, roughly. And, uh, and that's fantastic. He's going to get better and better. But it's because he decided he wanted to swim. It wasn't because we told, because an instructor or us told him over and over again, okay, this is what you need to do, this is what you need to do. It's because at one point, finally, he just decided, I'm tired of not being able to swim. Now I know how to swim. End of story. And that's what I am telling you that you need to look at for yourself. You need to look at the narrative that you're telling yourself about why you're not doing the things you want to do. And you need to decide to either do them or not do them. And if you don't do them, that's fine. But don't cry. Don't complain. Don't reminisce. You know, I 
you know, I think that, you know, we all have regrets. But for me, the the big regrets come for not from I tried and I failed, but rather, yeah, I honestly didn't try. I just didn't put myself into that. That is where we get regret from. Regret doesn't come from the fact that, you know, the fact that we did our best and we failed. We're never going to regret that. We might be upset about it. We might feel sad about it. We might wish we did better. But we're not going to regret those things. But you will regret if you can't do something or don't do something because you didn't put in the work. So put in the work so that you don't have regrets like that. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it inspires you to go out and and work on something or do something that you've really wanted to do. If you have any questions or comments, you want to tell me what you're up to, you want to ask questions about how you can, you know, successfully accomplish some of these things, please reach out at One Red Cat Media on just about every platform. You can also reach me by email, mike at oneredcat.com. I'm always excited to hear what the people around me are doing. And I'd love to support you in whatever it is you are deciding to do. Have a great day and take care.